The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's the difference between the Cardinal and the Northeast The Cardinal? Northeast Cardinal has a little bit more of the, um, like the, the faux hawk in the middle. And then the Cardinal, you'll see maybe around the rest of the country, doesn't have that. It has a little bit more of the rounded head. Welcome to this week's meeting of the National Audubon Society. As we I like let it. You know everything that you need to know about the variations between the birds of the northern hemisphere. Actually, we'd be better off talking we about. We might birds be better. You might learn. Look pigs. at that. Look at. See what I mean? Look what I'm talking about. There we go. I've never seen a gray cardinal. I didn't know that's that's a desert cardinal. So they should change their colors. That would look cool. Actually. So a team that. that plays in Arizona is based on the northern cardinal. Yes. At least they're no longer in the NFC East. For a long time, the Arizona Cardinals. Before that, the Phoenix oh, Cardinals were in day. the right. NFC. East when they moved from St. Louis. Even when they were in St. Louis, it wasn't the East. No. But hey, they did what they had they to did. do to make it all fit. All right. Yeah. And the Cardinals have been around forever. Forever. They were in Chicago. They were in St. Louis. And they haven't won a championship since, I don't know, I think literally the Truman administration. That's how long it's been. I think and you're maybe right. they will this year. I They're think eight you're and right. two. And what, off they go. The, the right. Truman administration, just why we're on it, since we're better, I'm, I'm better at animals and what was Truman was like, what, 50, 50, late 50s or was he early 50s? Where was that? Late 40s, early 50s. Oh, it was post late 40s. Roosevelt. He was right after FDR. Okay. Off we go with this week's Picks Podcast. It's PFTPM and Chris Sims on Button presented by Under Armour. We sucked last week. Let's put the graphic Speaking up. Speaking of bombs. Just, just long enough, yes, <laughs> long enough for people to see that all the yellow, yellow is good, white is bad. The yellow, I've got. All six categories yellow. I, although the numbers themselves are not impressive, all They're that matters to mine. me is beating Chris. And uh, boy, we both stunk against the spread last week. I'm barely above water straight up last week. It's been a tough couple of weeks, and I love it how people think that we should actually be picking these upsets right, that we should know that a team like the Dolphins will beat the Ravens, that we should have known that the Broncos were going to stomp on the Dallas Cowboys the prior Sunday that that's as a fan it's great as somebody who tries to pick the games it is I almost said the f word I'll save it for later it is freaking frustrating because you want to be right yeah so the fan in me which loves chaos loves it when the Ravens beat or lose to the Dolphins right. but the, the the guy that wants to be right is pissed off when the Dolphins beat the Ravens no, no doubt about it no and it's hard to pull the trigger on those like it's hard to actually do it you know I know I I said last week the Eagles that, that's upset alert on the Broncos I just couldn't pull the trigger on the road in Denver you know it just that's what drives me crazy so I, I'm I'm going to try to 
listen to myself as far as that's concerned this week. But like, I'm you fucking embarrassed by that. You can't do can't do much worse. I, so I'm, go ahead. I know I can't. I all I'm looking at right now is because like straight up, I'm way behind. But versus the spread and best, I mean, I'm only one game behind you in best bets. And versus the spread, I'm only five games. So like, that's where I'm shooting for. Let me just crack away at there. I just want to win two out of the three. When the uh, out of the whole season rankings there, that's all I'm looking for. And man, I'm getting to the territory where you know I just I just don't fucking like you when it comes to this. I don't like you anymore, and it's getting personal. So let's go. It's starting to affect the friendship. I think you don't text me as often as you used. Well, you, you only me- text me personally or say anything personally when your bets are doing better than mine. That's what I hear from you. <laughs> Every once in a while, I get a picture of of uh, your hand rolled. Uh, cigar that you're smoking that night. Oh, I know. You're right. I haven't done that in a while. You're right. No, you haven't done it in a while. I'll do that tonight. I'll send you a picture of my cigar. It'll be a good one tonight. It'll be an impressive one. Let's start with tonight's game, and we'll see if we disagree on this one, although based upon our conversation from PFT Live earlier today, I don't think we will. The New England Patriots traveling to Atlanta. They are six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Falcons with an over-under of 40 Seven, Chris, start us off. Who wins tonight and why? Yeah, well, I'm taking the Patriots all the way. I mean, you know, you you said it today. I said it on PFT. I mean, they might be the most consistent team in football over the last five or six weeks. You know, they kind of got that Patriot mystique going. Offensively, they're uh, one of the best run games in all of football. Mac Jones makes very little mistakes at this point. I mean, we, we're seeing him. He's, yeah, manages the game, manages the situation, you know, uh, also making a handful of like wow throws every week right now. So I look at it from that standpoint. Go standpoint and go. Well, clearly advantage Patriots offense versus a Falcons defense that's not real good. Doesn't have any particular part of a defense that stands out, and they're a bad running defense. You know, the only thing I look positive is just like Dean Pease. Yeah, he might know the New England system a little bit, but I don't think he's got the Jimmies and the Joes. And that kind of goes to the other side of the matchup too. The Patriots defense is one of the best in football. It's certainly one of the two or three, in my opinion. They can do a lot of different styles of play. And like Atlanta's defense, the Atlanta offense has the same thing too. I don't know if there's any one area you can look at on the offense and go, ooh, they're really good at that. Yeah, Matt Ryan's good. Kyle Pitts is good. That doesn't mean beating New England. That Not to me. Um, and I just feel like, again, New England's kind of got that 2001 mojo going here right now where it might not be pretty, but they're going to win and they'll slowly beat you into submission. I'm going 27-13, Patriots. I've got 31-20. Similar reasoning. The Patriots right now have won four in a row. 150-50 to, uh, to is the the uh, point total in those four games. They're going for number five. And I, th- this is this is just one that... yeah. And it would be fitting after the Patriots win 45-7 to and the Falcons lose 43-3 to for the Falcons to win this game. I just don't see the Patriots stepping into a pothole tonight, especially after last year. We talked about this earlier. They won 45 nothing on Sunday in L.A. against the Chargers. Yeah. They stayed in L.A. to face the Rams on Thursday night, and the Rams ran the ball down their throats. This team is better than it was last year. Bill Belichick is coaching them into a team that will have to be reckoned with later in the season, That's and they right. have to be reckoned with now. I like the Patriots 31-20. to So we both have the Patriots winning and covering. We pivot now. 
to Sunday at 1 o'clock where Chris is already contemplating calling for the upset of his boy Blue and the Buffalo Bills, who are 7.5-point home favorites against the Indianapolis Colts with an over-under of 50. The Colts have looked very good the past several weeks. Will they go to Buffalo and emerge with a victory against their one-time AFC East rivals? Yeah, you know, you're right. I mean, you heard me today. I do think this is upset alert territory. I, you know, again, it's a matchup league. I think the Colts match up with the Bills in a lot of in a lot of good ways that are that are positive for them. Certainly, you know, I still look at the Colts and go, man, I think they could run the ball more. I still think they're like, you know, not giving themselves enough credit for how good their scheme is. Jonathan Taylor, without Derrick Henry, has definitely reached the conversation of being in the best running back in the NFL conversation. He's that type of player. You know, Carson Wentz, even though it's not beautiful, you know, he's been taking care of the football for the most part. What I do worry about a little bit is them, you know, being able to make plays in the passing game. uh, And can they do that consistently? I don't know. I do think a lot of that Bills defense. But, you know, again, the Bills defense, it's not real big up front. And if you can get some success in the running game like the Titans did earlier this year, it, it can compromise them on that side. You know, on the other side, you know, the Colts defense, it's a little all over the place, but for the most part, it's pretty good. It's it's an above-average NFL defense. I'm still not sold on the Bills' offense as being, like, hitting on all cylinders. I say, I'll say I saw some bright spots last week. You know, uh, bright spots in Josh Allen got under the center more. They did try to run the ball more. In fact, they did a lot of play-action pass to help their run game. They came out going play-action pass, play-action pass, play-action pass, and it actually helped their run game. That's a reverse order of doing that. Uh, and I think you know the Bills realize that they just can't get in the shotgun and think they're going to throw it every play like they did two weeks ago against the Jags and win the game. Definitely an upset alert game, but in Buffalo, I just I, I don't know. There's something about I can't pick the Colts to win the game. I'm going to pick them to cover, but I'm going to go Bills 24-21. I got 24-17. Same thing with the 7.5-point spread. The Colts to cover, the Bills to win. The Colts run the ball well. Their defense continues to be underrated. And I agree with you. The Bills' offense just feels like it's missing something. As you argued last week, maybe they should have been one of the teams that was inquiring about Odell Beckham Jr. to give that offense a bit of a kick in the ass. Too much on on Josh Allen and a 45-17 win over the Jets great but it was the Jets let's yeah, see what they do against a playoff contender right. that that truly does believe in themselves and they fought through that early season adversity to get to 500 the Colts are 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 a, a compelling team to watch down the stretch because they, they have that playoff formula if they can get there right. they'll be a team that will be tough to beat in January agreed agreed and yeah you you notice you see the Josh Allen thing too and I mean I think you make the point yeah they got on track last week against the Jets but it's the Jets we're seeing them get torched and even within that like, here's the positive. I saw them tie plays together that I liked a lot. Like, hey, here's the run with the pulling guard. Here's the speed sweep. Fake the speed sweep. You know, we're going to run the ball with the pulling guard. Hey, we're going to pull the guard and fake that run, but give the ball the speed sweep. And had, So they had some stuff going that I liked, but it was the Jets. And, of course, still too much of it a little to me. It was Josh Allen just making great throws, you know, against coverage downfield. So be interesting to see this one. Uh, definitely one of the more compelling 1 p.m. matchups. And a surprisingly compelling 1 p.m. matchup, thanks to the likelihood that Cam Newton will start for the Panthers. Carolina at home, Ron Rivera returning to Charlotte 
to coach the Washington football team. His first game back in Bank of America Stadium since he was fired a couple of years ago by the Panthers. Carolina is a three and a half point favorite at home, even though Washington beat the Bucks by 10 last weekend. Over under is 43. Are you on upset alert for this one, even though it really wouldn't feel like much of an upset if Washington wins the game, Chris? No, I, I, I look at this as one. I could see this being a, a defensive struggle. I mean, the Washington defense has really come on late. You know, I think a lot of that Carolina defense for sure. You know, I, I could see Carolina certainly, you know, stymieing the Washington offense. You know, Taylor Heineke, Antonio Gibson trying to get the run game going. I think it, it'll be Strugglesville there. You know, flip around, you know, uh, Carolina, I'm interested one. I don't know exactly what this Cam Newton offense will look like under Joe Brady, you know, but I do expect them to be, yeah, more run-oriented, you know, maybe a shot down the field from time to time, get the ball out of Cam's hand quick to Christian McCaffrey. But, again, I think they're going to continue to play the style we've seen them play the last few weeks, which is play, like, kind of conservative on the offensive side of the ball and play through their defense, I think that's what we're going to see. I don't think Carolina's looking to score 30 points, at least in my opinion. I'm going to go Carolina 16-13 to 13 in this one. I've got Washington winning this one, so this gives you an opportunity to cut the deficit from 9-8. to eight. I just think that angle of Ron Rivera yeah, I know. knowing Cam Newton mm-hmm. supersedes these efforts by Matt Rule and Joe Brady to give Cam Newton a crash course in whatever it is that they're planning to do. And is it Cam Newton learning our offense? Is it us adapting our offense to suit Cam Newton? Whatever they do, Ron Rivera is going to be ready for it. And even though they don't have Chase Young, he's out for the year with a torn ACL. I mean, he missed most of last week's game, and they still won. I just feel like Washington, that two weeks off, the win, the confidence that comes from that. And we know in the NFL, confidence leads to more confidence. They have to be feeling good about themselves. Rivera, even though he said all the right things when he was asked the question yesterday about being fired by the Panthers, there is a stark difference between public Ron and private Ron. And my guess is he's going to be worked up. That team is going to be worked up. I think Washington wins this game outright 24-20. So I got them winning and obviously covering the spread since they're getting points. Yeah, I'm not. I, listen, I'm, I'm not mad at you there. That was it's definitely an angle I thought of. I mean, it, it, I, you know, I wrote 16-13 Panthers. I was very close to writing 2016 Washington. I look at it as a kind of a coin flip game uh, in a lot of ways. You know, I'm giving the Cam Newton juice, I guess, to Carolina. You're giving the Ron Rivera juice to, to Washington. Ravens reeling from that 22-10 loss to the Dolphins last Thursday night. Go to Chicago to face a Bears team coming off of their bye. Five-point favorite are the Ravens, over under a 45.5. According to PointsBet Sportsbook, which provides all of our odds for this program, 93% of the spread money is on the home team, the Chicago Bears. Are you putting your money on the Bears or the Ravens, Chris? Well, I, I, this is another one I, I think is upset alert. I do. You know The way Justin Fields and that offense is playing, you know, again, the Ravens' defense, it, it's not special. It's not. You know, and the Ravens are still a team that I look at and go, yeah, they're 6-3, and three, but I don't really know what to think of them. They've won some games where they were outplayed still. You know, and yeah, that was Lamar Jackson magic, but is that a real thing? I don't know. I mean, I could see it go both ways for Baltimore down the stretch here. They have a tough schedule. I could see them, man, maybe they find magic and just find ways to win. I could see them falling apart here. They're still a team I'm just not quite sure about. 
and the Bears' defense is good. And Sean Desai and company will, I'm sure, have some creative blitzes to test out if Lamar Jackson and company figured out what the hell to do, you know, as far as the the, the debacle we saw against uh, the Dolphins last week. So, you know, I look at that, and I just see Justin Fields getting better and better. They have a decent run game. Uh, They got two guys on the outside who can beat people one-to-one. I'm going to go Ravens here, but I I, 20-17. to And it is one of those games where I go 20 to 17, but I could see it being 20 to 17 the other way around as well. Yeah, look, I've got the Ravens winning this one. This is a desperation game, not from the standpoint of winning, but from the standpoint of reestablishing themselves Uh, as a contender. The road gets tougher starting next week. This is their last, I don't want to call it an easy game because there's nothing easy about any NFL game unless you're playing the Texans or the Lions. But... uh, (laughs) And and you have your starting quarterback if you're the Steelers, but but this is one where the Ravens can can try to convince themselves sure. that they're an sure. upper echelon team in the AFC. So I see them winning this one, thirty-one twenty points bet. Ninety-three percent of the spread money on Chicago. Be damned! I like the Ravens to win. I like the Ravens to cover. Let's keep it moving. Detroit Lions at Cleveland. The Browns is the Browns, but the Lions is the Lions. The Browns are favored by 11.5 with an over-under of 43.5. Biggest spread of the week. 64% of the bets are on the Lions getting 11.5, but 83% of the money is on the Browns. And obviously Detroit looking like it will be starting Tim Boyle this weekend. Do you like the Browns to recover from that 45-7 to loss they took in New England? I, I like them to recover, but I, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick them to cover the spread here, even with, you know, Tim Boyle, a quarterback. I'm not, I think there's just two things I look at, you know, the Browns, they're small up front and their front seven on the defense. That's a little scary to me. And the the Lions offensive line is real. It's real now that they've kind of somewhat got healthy. And we saw them push around the Steelers' defense last week, and that's not easy to do. I mean, not a lot of people push around the Steelers' front seven. So I look at that and go, there's a little advantage there. And the other thing I'll throw on top of that is the Lions' defense has shown the ability to stop the run game, you know, during the year at points. You know, it hasn't been every week. I'm not trying to sit here and say they're the most dominant thing in the world, but, you know, they have a toughness and a physicality and and some size up there to where – I think they can make the Browns maybe have to throw the ball a little bit more than they would like. Uh, I think they're going to hang around and be annoying. So I'm going Browns 23-13 in this one. Yeah, you're dangerously close to picking the Browns to cover. I'm going to go the rest of the way and say the Browns will cover. And here's a couple of factors I'm influenced by. First of all, the Browns, and we've seen the Browns when they – when they realize, you know what, we're not nearly as good as we were supposed to be this year, they kind of wake it up like they did against the Bengals when they surprised us all with a big win in Cincinnati after the release of Odo Beckham Jr. Technically, it was a day before, but they knew he was gone. And the Lions, the last time that they came close to winning a game, and I actually thought they would beat the Eagles at home, what happened? 44-6, to I believe, was the final score of that one. I think the Lions, when they come close to getting a victory, they empty the tank and they can't recover from it. And they know they've got that Thursday Thanksgiving game. I just think the Browns get on the right side of 500 and convince themselves. It's a lot like what the Ravens are 
are going to do, I believe. Convincing themselves they're right. good. Right. And one way you help convince yourself is good is to kick the crap out of a team that you should kick the crap out of. That's why I have Cleveland 34-17. Yeah, I, 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 listen, I, I understand that. Though. I mean, the Browns are certainly capable of that. I, I know. I mean, they're, they're again, they're, like we've said almost every week, they're one of the more disappointing teams in football. And here's another thing that I would, I would like that annoys me about the Browns. They become too pass-happy. You know, like even last week, and I know they were playing the Patriots who got a lot of big people and everything, but your offensive line's got like 90 million freaking dollars in it right there. Like they go down the field on the first drive of the game, have some great runs, and then like they get the ball back at 7-7 and like six out of the next eight or seven out of the next nine plays are all shotgun or empty formation. And I just want to go, why? Like why? Like it just it wasn't cool enough to run the ball up the middle for ten yards at a time. We're gonna now do that and get us out of the run game rhythm. Uh, the, to me, the approach with them is very annoying, and that annoys me about the Browns a lot. And just as there's a story to be told that maybe we'll be told it someday about the relationship between Baker Mayfield and Jar and and Odell Beckham Jr., right. I feel like some of that's splashing over to Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry because all of a sudden Jarvis Landry's yeah, not getting he's not the ball. that happy, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he's starting to say it, right? And and it just makes me wonder. And again, stuff always goes on that we're not going to know about. What went on in that locker room? Who picked sides? And does Baker Mayfield view Jarvis Landry as maybe being too? too close to and too aligned with OBJ and whatever went down between Mayfield and Beckham. It's just something to keep an eye on. All right, we move on to the next game, the San Francisco 49ers. Short week, long trip, but they face the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Six-point favorites are the 49ers with an over-under of 45. Chris, do your 49ers make it two in a row? Uh, you, know, you know I'm rooting for them. I am. And, of course, you know, I'm, I'm – I'm backing my buddy who, yeah, you know, it's people are the want a piece of his ass right now. You know, I, I do think last week showed you what the 49ers are capable of. It's the first game, like, all year they didn't shoot themselves in the foot and make things so tough on themselves. You know, so we'll see. Can they kind of recapture that magic? I think the one thing I look at to where Jacksonville can be a pain in the butt in this football game is Jacksonville's, Jacksonville's defense is good. Like, it's good. We saw what they did to the Bills. I know last week, you know, Jonathan Taylor and company ripped off some runs, but go back and watch. It's all in the first quarter. He had like 100 yards in the first quarter and then almost couldn't do anything for the rest of the football game. You know, so there's some talent up there. I think that poses some problems for the 49ers running the football. And, of course, I don't look at the 49ers as being the best passing team in the world. I think ultimately, though, I mean, yeah, I think the 49ers are better and – I don't trust Jacksonville's offense. That that's really the big thing. You know, Jacksonville can run the ball a little bit, but you know, I still think this 49ers defense is an above average NFL defense. I'm going 49ers 24 to 13. So you've got them covering. And you know, my initial thought was a closer game, 23-20, but I don't want to be influenced by and and I'll admit this. Yeah. I get pissed off if I trusted a team and that trust ended up being misplaced. And I take it out on them the next game. <laughs> and I also tend to have gratitude. Like, the Jaguars were one of my best bets, and they covered last week. So, hey, maybe they'll cover again. Nah. I know it's a long trip. I know it's a short week. But I, I feel like the 49ers have kind of caught something now, and they're going to build on it. And this is an opportunity to build on it. I got 30-20. to 20. You know, run the ball, run the ball. Debo Samuel, George Kittle against a team that that yes they they gave the bills a hell of a shock along with the rest of us yeah. but 
They and and that game last week against the Colts could have and should have been a lot it worse than it was. It could have. It, it yeah. looked like it was going to be a boat race early, right? And somehow they hung around and covered. So I think it's thirty to twenty, San Francisco. All right, blow the horn, Minnesota Vikings hosting. Ooh. The Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who has the toe injury that kept him from practicing Wednesday, although he said he definitely will play. He also said, yeah, I'm immunized back in August, so who knows whether to believe anything the guy says going forward. I say that only half facetiously. The Packers are one-and-a-half-point favorites over under a 49.5. Will the Vikings win, or will the Packers pick up their latest win and basically wrap up the NFC North. I'm expecting them to, to wrap up the NFC North. I, you know, again, I don't think it's going to be easy in Minnesota division game. You know, I, I do think, I don't think the Packers pass offense is all that complicated or creative to where I think Zimmer can, you know, figure some ways out to make that annoying, but the Packers have balance too. So if you take away too much pass or play too much pass, they will run the football. Uh, I think it's a big test for, the Packers' defense a little bit, which we know is very good. There's no doubt about it. They're they're great against the pass. The run game, yeah, I'm going to be interested to see how they do against this run game and this Vikings. You know, the Vikings we know can run the football, and Dalvin Cook is special that way. You know, I think it's going to be kind of a fun game. The Vikings, I, I think it's going to be like a, a, a fourth quarter, whoa, like Packers winning by one. Maybe Vikings are winning by one, but ultimately I'm going with thy great one and Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he owns the Vikings. And I think they win 27-21. I got 27-17, so we're both on the same page here. I just don't think the Vikings are good enough to consistently string wins together. They're good enough to be in games. They've led by seven or more every game this season. Too many defensive lapses, too many situations where the offense falls uh, falls into a funk and can't get it kick-started. The Packers' defense is the kind of untold story of that team Definitely. this year. The the shutout last week, holding the Chiefs to 13 in the Jordan Love game. I think that's pretty damn impressive. Agreed. And I think we're going to see the Packers defense, even though it's banged up a little bit, Joe Barry doing a fine job awesome with that job. team. 27 to 17, the Packers win and unofficially become the NFC North champions. The only question left is, do they become the number one seed and force the road to L.A. through Green Bay in late January, the weekend of the 22nd and the championship game on the 30th. All right, Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Dolphins, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Jets starting Joe Flacco. Dolphins look good last Thursday night. Can they continue and get their third win in a row, Chris? Uh, I'm going to take them. I am. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, nothing's going to be easy for the Dolphins. They're just they're not good enough on offense to make anything easy. But the way the Jets' defense is playing, you know, just giving up too many big plays really in, in all areas, uh, I, I think, and of course it's a little too predictable a little bit on that side of the ball, uh, I, I have enough respect for the Dolphins' offense and their coaches to figure out some ways to move the ball. And then, hey, yeah, you're going to have Flacco at quarterback. He should be able to handle some of the gymnastics of all the things the Dolphins do on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but ultimately – I think the Dolphins' defense is more talented than the Jets' offense, too. I think it's a close one here, um, but I'm going to go Dolphins 20-17. to 17. Pete, who let us ramble on through all of the prior games, all of a sudden has realized we've taken too much time and is giving us, as my dad used to call, 
the Rush Act. And I'm wasting more time deliberately just to get back at Pete for not telling us earlier we needed to move faster. I'll take the Dolphins giving three and a half. Next game, New Orleans Saints at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are two and a half point favorites. It's the lowest over under of the week at 43. I can't believe the Saints are underdogs, but they've lost two in a row and the Eagles have looked pretty good. Who wins this one, Chris? Yeah, I- I'm going to go with the Saints. But I, I mean, I, 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 it's, you know, again, Coin flip type game. Eagles are playing appropriate football that fits Jalen Hurts and they're what they got on the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback design runs, smash mouth running back runs, take a shot down the field to Devontae Smith or one of their fast wide receivers. It's been working good. You know, defensively, Eagles are good uh, on the defensive line. They're, I mean, they're good, but their pass defense, yes, it's a little too bend, don't break. You know, I think Sean Payton and company with Trevor Simeon will have enough ways to kind of dink and dunk their way, let alone run the ball a little bit. And I think ultimately what I look at is because of the Eagles running game being so dominant lately, I just don't get behind that they're going to be dominant against the Saints defense that is the best run-stopping defense in football. They have so many big guys and a sledgehammer middle linebacker in Demario Davis. I know they lost up there in Philadelphia last year. I'm going Saints 23-17 here. Philadelphia, the site of the first outdoor road win in the playoffs in Saints history seven, eight years ago when Chip Kelly was in his first year as coach of the Eagles. I like the Saints to turn this around because that's kind of what they do under Sean Payton. When they start to sink, he finds a way to say the right thing during the week to get the attention of his team, to get them refocused, to get them back on track, to get them to do what needs to be done. And I think they will do that this weekend uh, and get the victory that they need after losing in Tennessee, a game that even without Alvin Kamara, and with Trevor Simeon at quarterback, they could have won, and but for some horse shit calls. Horse shit. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, nothing the passer. That's my one of the week. The not not um, roughing no- <laughs> the passer. Nothing the passer. By the way, that's catching on, and people in the league like it. I've and I've given you full credit for it. I'm Thank not you. Because I was searching for something. Thank you. That would properly demean these calls. Nothing the passer, and Pete is telling me next game, which is his way Shut it, Pete. Him, Shut up and keep moving. 27-17. I've got three games in a row now. 27-17 Saints win. Houston <laughs> at Tennessee. We don't need more than 30 seconds on this game. The Titans, if they lose this one, they should just, they should just not play the rest of the games this year. The Texans, <laughs> everyone's punching bag. The Titans, 10-point favorites. Chris, what's, what final score do you have for this one? Well, I'm going Titans 23-17. I don't know. There's a weird thing Ooh. where I think I know. I think they're going to Tyrod Taylor, after that debacle in Miami two weeks ago, I would think their offense bounces back a little bit. I will say this, too. The Texans up front can slow down the run, and they do it a lot of the times playing with two deep safeties. This is one of those where I just think the Titans are going to be asleep at the wheel a little bit. It's the Texans. We've won all these big games. We should win this one. I'm going 23-17 Titans. A little more just on a gut feeling here. That's why it's close. I got 34-13. I don't see the Titans stepping in a pothole as they get ready to face the Patriots, although one of the challenges for Mike Vrabel is get them to not peek ahead and treat this like an NFL opponent because even though it is the Texans, they continue to be in the NFL, even if just barely. Let's take a break. When we return, the 4 p.m. Eastern games for Week 11, including perhaps the biggest shootout, we'll see the entire season. We'll do that next here on PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. The 4 o'clock Eastern games for Week 11. Let's begin with the Cincinnati Bengals coming off of their bye and a couple of ugly losses just when everyone thought they were good. One-point favorites at a Raiders team that is trying to avoid a second-half collapse for the second straight season. The over-under is 50. Can the Raiders get back on the right track, or will the Bengals be the one to reverse their losing streak. I, I tend to go with the bangle, the Bengals here. The Bengals. Ooh. Ooh you like ooh. that? The Bengals. Oh, well, you've proven you're <laughs> capable of saying it correctly. We'll see. It took a lot of thought, though, to do that. Um, you know, I, I mean, again, I don't sit here and, and go, oh, my gosh, the Bengals are going to win this one for sure. But I do think the Bengals, you know, have a lot to offer on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think this is a great Raiders defense, as we saw last week. You know, yeah, they could have apply a little pressure with their defensive ends. But after that, there's really no area to look at and go, wow, ooh, that's good, right? The Bengals' defense has some talent. They haven't played their best lately. I think what scares me a little bit, and if the Raiders were to win, is the Bengals become a little too predictable. And you can pick them apart a little bit, like 5 and 10 and 10 and 5 at a time, and then you know take an occasional shot down the field. That's what Mike White did to them. You know, there's a lot of teams this year that have done that to them. I've hopefully they've readjusted to that, but I'm expecting a little bit of a a point uh, shootout here. I'm going to go Bengals 34-28 in this one. Well, there went Bengals back to Bengals. I've got (laughs) Bengals 28-21. Not as many points from my perspective, but I do think the Bengals have the talent and the incentive to turn it around. I'm just not sure that the Raiders can figure it out too right. much adversity yeah rich Basacci is the head coach he never would have been the head coach of this or any other team he was in the right place at the right time the worst possible time obviously for john gruden and i think it's starting to show the absence of gruden with each passing week is taking more and more out of this offense we saw a couple of just ugly balls thrown up for grabs by Derek Carr. I don't think he makes those throws if he knows John Gruden is waiting for him on the sideline, frankly. And I think that really is part of what we have going on. Bengals 28-21. By the way, by the way, I continue to get complaints from people about how you say Bengals. You reminded me of something else that they're now complaining about. When you say defensive or offensive, you you say defensa or offensa. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, and I I hadn't either. But I heard you say defensive end, and it's like, you know, these people are sending these emails. They're on to something. <laughs> they, I probably do. Again, I, I think I'm trying to say it so fast, and I'm trying to say so much stuff. I understand it is a defensive end, uh, but yes, I probably— For the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and yes. now, Pete, I can hear Pete starting to say, next game, next <laughs> game, next game, and I am defensive, Pete. The Dallas Cowboys at the, at the Kansas City Chiefs. Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the home team Chiefs for 56, 56.5, 1.21 gigawatts is the over-under. It's the highest of the week. Who wins this one? I, well, I think it'll be right around that over-under. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I'm going with a team that's been clearly more consistent all year long. And, you know, as we talked about today, I know they lost two weeks ago, but that was, 
you know, again, Dak Prescott not playing for two weeks, not practicing, doing anything. I don't care. He left a lot of plays and yards on the field. He didn't do that last week. He ain't going to do it this week. He's not. Now, the Chiefs defense has been better. We know that. But, man, there's just a lot to match up with with this Cowboys defense. You know, this is different to me than playing, you know, the Tennessee Titans where they slowed down Derrick Henry in the run game uh, and did a pretty good job with that. And I know they, you know, they lost that game 27-23, but it wasn't because of their defense. It was because of their offense. You know, this is like, yeah, you put too many eggs into let's stop the Ezekiel Elliott in the run game. Dak Prescott and company are going to tear you up in the pass game. So you better be careful there. So I look at that and go, advantage Cowboys. Other side, hey, I'm going to give the advantage to the Chiefs to a degree, you know, but but I don't know if it's that great. Again, I need to see another game of high-efficiency execution like we saw last week before. I'm just going to go, oh, the Chiefs are back. I mean, again, we just talked about the Raiders' defense. The, the Raiders are falling apart a little as a team. Their defense has nothing special. You know, it's a scheme and a, and a coach and Gus Bradley that they really know well, so they've had that advantage. You know, Dan Quinn, he does a lot of different stuff on the defensive side of the ball. As long as he doesn't play too much man-to-man, I think the Cowboys win this. So, And I'm going to say he doesn't. I think he's going to be smart enough. I'm going Cowboys the same score as you are. 30 to 24 and I hope it's overtime although I guess I don't hope it's overtime because that's just even longer that the audiences don't turn into football night in America frankly so 30 to 24 in regulation a fast I want to be able to watch it right keep it moving I want to be moving so we can watch it and so we know that people are actually watching us instead of watching the end of what would be a great game but I've gone under and I'm not seriously considering it as a bet bet best bet I'm just thinking that the Cowboys may try to shorten the possessions by running the ball, chewing the clock, as we discussed earlier on PFT Live. So that's why I'm airing just under the 56-and-a-half. I can see that. Arizona at Seattle. The Cardinals two-and-a-half, or two-point, not two-and-a-half, very important, two-point favorites, over under 48-and-a-half. Kyler Murray on track to return after missing a couple of games due to a sprained ankle. Seahawks very desperate at three-and-six. Very desperate. Do the Seahawks get a much-needed win, Chris? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, you know, I expect us to see a better Russell Wilson this week for sure, definitely. But I also think you're going to have a Cardinals team that's like, you know, we didn't play good last week. We're better than that. I think they view themselves as a real deal Holyfield, which they should, you know. And Kyler Murray, of course, him being back adds a whole different element to what they do on the defensive side of the ball. You know, the Seahawks defense certainly better, but, you know, it's a little bit like we just talked about with, like, the, the Cowboys offense. Yeah, Seahawks defense better, but, man, this Cardinals offense, when they have Kyler Murray, it just gives you so much to defend. It's hard, and I can't imagine Seattle being able to, you know, match up and stop them throughout the game. Other side of the ball, I have absolutely zero fucking faith in the Seahawks offense. You got that? Zero fucking faith okay that's 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 where I feel about them I mean you know I know Russell was off a little yes but I don't know what they are on offense I mean last week it was like he was off a little bit and they were down and they just started throwing balls up like let's just throw it deep and maybe one of our guys will catch it Uh, their offense stinks I don't like it and I think the Cardinals defense is good and they're gonna be motivated and pissed off I'm going Cardinals 28-17 I, uh, I've got the Cardinals in a closer game, 27 to 24, but uh, they, they are a much better team. And I, I don't want to get myself 
heavily influenced by the fact that the Seahawks have been good. They've been good. They've been good. So they're going to find a way. They're three and six. There's yeah. a reason they're three and six. Right. There's a reason they scored zero points against the Packers, notwithstanding some of the bad calls we chronicled yesterday. But I think the Cardinals get this win, and I think the, the Seahawks move into uh, playing out the string category when they lose this one and fall to three and seven. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. The primetime games for week 11, Steelers going to L.A. and Tom Brady welcoming an old nemesis to town. We'll discuss those next on this joint edition of PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, presented by Under Armour. We do the primetime games after Chris provides you with his weekly spiel regarding our partners at Under Armour. Yep, that's right, Under Armour. We're glad to have have them as our sponsor for sure. We're supported by Under Armour, and just like Under, just like us, Under Armour wants to give you an edge. Yeah, just like us, we're telling you what games to pick. Do the opposite, okay? That's the edge we're giving, or at least I'm giving here lately. They are focused on performing better and taking their game to the next level. I'm trying to go to the next level. I'm putting time and work in. Everything from running shoes that propel you forward to hoop shoes that give you insane grip. And they just sent me some awesome Steph Curry, like, limited basketball sneakers. I cannot wait to try them out. Uh, they even size 12 ma- under armor size 12. Eh, we'll see. You got to be a little 12. nicer to me first. We'll see about that. They even make hoodies that reflect energy. Yes. That's amazing. I want one of those hoodies too. We're not just about the end result, winning or glory under armor is about the hard work, the dedication, the cycle of training, competing and recovering. We give you advantages, but not shortcuts. The only way is through size 12 two pair. One to rock, one to stock. From you, <laughs> Look Chris. at you. Actually, actually, size 12 because my son will be very upset if he doesn't get one too and we both wear size 12, which means I have access to way more shoes oh, than he does. Right. I've, got three, I've got three pair of shoes. He's got three with one or two zeros after it, somewhere between 30 and 300. Do you, ever, right. ro- do you ever rock any of his shoes? Are you like one that every... Yeah, and, and he always knows. Yeah. He yeah. always knows if I've if I've worn his shoes. I don't know how. Maybe it's the foot odor. I don't know. But he always knows if I've worn his shoes. I don't know how he knows, but he knows. Let's get to Sunday night football. The Chargers are five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Steelers, who quite possibly, if not likely, won't have Ben Roethlisberger. 47-and-a-half over under on Sunday night football. Various players unavailable due to COVID. Injuries galore. Do you like the Chargers to... Get a victory at home or the Steelers in what likely will be a home away from home with all those terrible towels at SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I expect that. And I see what you got there, and I got the same. You got wow. Pittsburgh 20-17. to 17. I got Pittsburgh 20-17. to 17. Uh, You know, I, I, again, I, I mean, to me it's a good matchup. I, I know that we don't know if we're going to have T.J. Watt, right? Minka Fitzpatrick I think certainly is – Minka is out for sure, so T.J. Watt maybe. But I still look at it and go, this is still a good Pittsburgh defense that doesn't have to really worry about a run game. And when they don't have to worry about a run game against the Chargers offense, that's sputtering a little bit. Herbert's been off a little. They don't have a speed guy that can back a defense off. And people have caught on to Joe Lombardi's Sean Payton light offense. That, to me, would be my assessment there. And that's where I think the Steelers' defense is going to give the Chargers' offense some issues. And now the Chargers' defense, 
with no Bosa, no Tillery. I mean, they can't stop anything in the run game as is anyways. Steelers, we know, are better at running the football. And they'll be able to rely on that. I don't care if it's Mason Rudolph or, or Ben Roethlisberger. You know, I think they'll find a few ways to get Deontay Johnson the ball on speed sweeps and, you know, some of the other receivers. I don't think we have Chase Claypool this week, right? Do we know about that, Pete, either? But I'm going to go with the Steelers in just a tough attitude game. Uh, and I think they kind of pull off the upset on the road here. And I think that's the best way to put it. It's an attitude game. And this is a game the Steelers need to reestablish themselves. And I think they're going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. They're going to play good defense. And they're going to find a way to get the victory just because they need to. Or they're going to start to slide back toward that not playoff category yeah. where they had been in the right place. So I've got 20 to 17. You've got 20 to 17. Let's move on to Monday night football, a game that got very interesting after the Buccaneers lost coming out of the bye by 10 on the road in Washington. They come home where they played much better this year than on the road. Giants come to town coming off of their bye. 15 days to get ready for this one. The Bucks are 10 and a half point favorites. The over under is 49 and a half. Could it be that the Buccaneers We'll lose three games in a row. Chris, who do you have? I, I, I can't do it. I can't pick it. But, I, I, I mean, I don't think it, w- it wouldn't shock me. I think the Giants match up pretty well with the Bucks. I do. I'm going to pick the Bucks, but I'm going to pick the Giants to cover. I'm going Bucks 27-24. You know, the one thing, you know, the Giants, you know what I think of the defense. Yeah, other than not having a great pass rusher, which the pass rush has gotten better as the year gone on, they got everything else. They do. And, you know, they're smart in their coverages. I don't think they'll give up the big plays to Brady and, and that offense. And I also think, again, you know, their defensive line is big and overpowering. So I don't think they're going to have to, like, whoa, we got to put safeties down close in the box to stop Leonard Fournette in the run game. So I look at that and go, yeah, I still think the Bucks are going to move the ball, but I don't think the Giants are just going to get gashed left and right. And then on the other side of the ball, hey, Bucks defense, it's, it's reeling a little. Yeah, they're missing their corners. They're missing their cover guys. They're not able to play some aggressive coverages right now. And just like last week, just like Trevor Simeon, you know, you can kind of dink and dunk them for 8 and 10 and 5 and do that to them a little bit, and they'll die a slow death. And it sounds like, I mean, I think we're going to have Kadarius Toney. Saquon Barkley sounds like he's going to play. The Giants got enough weapons and stuff on the offense, I think, to make this interesting. I'm going Bucks 27-24, but I don't think it'll be easy. Yeah, I've got Bucks 27-21, and I think the Giants could. And I, look, I, I love chaos. And even though I picked the Buccaneers to get to the Super Bowl and I'm picking the Buccaneers to win, it's it's kind of fun when the team that everyone thought was just going to waltz their way into yeah. the playoffs and yeah. into the Super Bowl struggles. It because is it just, You're right. It, 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 it makes it more interesting for everyone else. So uh, And the Giants, very much alive. Everybody in the NFC except the Lions are alive. And Joe Judge knows Tom Brady. The Giants have bedeviled Tom Brady. I still think the Bucks win 27-21, to 21 and they stop the losing streak. And they, they've, they've got a schedule that sets up pretty well for them down the stretch, although they do have the Bills coming to town in a few weeks, which could be a Super Bowl preview. Who knows? Let's yeah. go ahead and take a break. And when we wrap up this week's edition of the Joint Megapicks podcast, our best bets plus the Folsom Prison Blues pick, we'll do that next here on PFTPM and Chris Sims on Button. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? 
Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Wrapping up the Week 11 PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Joint Megapicks Podcast. Best bets time. We actually have some time to breathe because... Once Pete says move, we move, baby. So let's waste some time before we get to the best bets. We disagree on only one game this week, which means best case scenario, you'll be down eight. Worst case scenario, you'll be down ten. It's Washington, Carolina. That's straight up or the spread? The spread we have straight up. All right, spread we have a few more disagreements, right? All right, right. good. Because you so only I, care about that one because you're only down five in exactly. that Exactly. There's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Up. Right. Straight up. I don't even want to think about it until I see, like, okay, I got a chance. But I can't get past, like, that eight or nine game behind. Uh, so, you know, screw you, and I'm rooting hard against you this week. I hope you lose every game that we disagreed on. By the way, let me just say this, since we have a little bit of time and we're pissing it away. Every time I hear the phrase straight up, I am reminded of a classic scene from the movie Weird Science where Robert Downey Jr. and some other guy who was in a bunch of movies back at that time, but I don't remember his name, (laughs) are asking for a drink. And the bartender says straight up, and the guy with Robert Downey Jr. says, just give me the whole bottle. And the bartender says, how about what? How about this? You bend over, and I'll shove it straight up your ass. Every time (laughs) I I hear the phrase straight up, I think of that line. You bend over, and I'll shove it straight up your ass. So uh, (laughs) he says, on the rocks is fine (laughs) in response. (laughs) I love it. All right, best bets time. Chris, who do you got? All right, so I am very intrigued, of course, with the Ravens-Bears game. You know, I do think the Bears could cover. There's a part of me that thinks the Bears could maybe win a, a football game if the Ravens make a mistake. I'm intrigued by the under and the the Washington Panthers matchup. The football team, I, I think that'll be a low-scoring game. But ultimately, I'm, I can't do it. There's just too many issues there. I don't trust some of those teams there. I'm going to go with the Saints on the road. That's my first one. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Saints, I know, are underdogs, two-and-a-half-point spread, but I think they're going to win the game right, uh, outright. Uh, that's my first best bet. First one for me is an underdog that I don't expect to win, but I expect to cover. Last week, I picked the Jaguars to cover at Indianapolis. This week, I think Indianapolis covers at Buffalo. Seven and a half, too much. I think the Bills win. Seven and a half is too much. I like the Colts to cover that spread, even though I like the Bills to win the game. I'm with you there. That's going to be my second one, too. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, you know, It sounds like you, too. You wouldn't be shocked if the Colts won this game, you know, by a field goal either. And I couldn't quite make that pick. I guess I just don't trust Carson Wentz and company on the road against that defense. I think ultimately that's what scares me. But I'm with you there. I'm going with the Colts as my best bet too, especially at seven and a half. I mean, again, I mean, you know, if you're listening to this on a on a Thursday afternoon and you go to points bet and it's still at seven and a half, that would to me be like jump on it now before it gets to seven or six and a half. All right, next one for me, I'm going to go to New York where the Dolphins are coming to town to face the Jets. Wow. The Jets have spun to Joe Flacco. The Mike White era is over. The Dolphins, I think, hey, they won two in a row. They've got a chance to get hot here. They've got a chance to get to 500. They've got a thin chance to try to get to the postseason. 
I think the Dolphins given three and a half. That's not nearly enough. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game. I like what they're doing right now. And I don't like what the Jets are doing. And I don't think the Jets recover quickly from the ass kicking that they took in or at home against Buffalo last week. So give me the Dolphins. All right. Third one. Good one for you, though. That's, you know, that's a gutsy one. But I, I, do, I see your logic there. I do. And the Dolphins definitely do have some mojo going. And, and like we've talked about all year, have some elite pieces on their defense to where you go, if the offense could just help them out a little, watch out. All right. I'm doing it, baby. I'm going to tonight. I'm going to get one off the schneid tonight, right now. That's right. I, just, I love it when I do it, and it works out. It just makes you feel good going to the weekend. I'm going with the Patriots. I am. I think it's a horrible matchup for the Falcons. Patriots playing good football both sides. Uh, I, they have more playmakers. You know, They're better coached. I mean, blah, blah, blah. I can keep going on and on and on. I just don't think it's a good look for the, the Falcons. I think they'll try hard. And I'm not saying the Patriots are going to be like the greatest show on turf, but I just think they're going to slowly beat the Falcons in submission. Uh, Patriots, third best bet. I've got two I can choose from here, and we've got road teams across the board. And my final two choices where I have to pick one of them, both road teams. It's either the Packers giving one and a half at Minnesota or the Cowboys getting points in Kansas City. I'm going with the Cowboys getting the points because, we get, oh, you never pick upsets. Well, I'm picking an upset. The Cowboys are not favored to win this game. I think the Cowboys will win this game. I think they are on the verge of letting themselves and everyone else know that they are a truly elite team, and they're still trying to put that that whatever it was that happened against the Broncos behind them. All right, it's Folsom Prison Blues time. The one game as we're laying dying, not dead, because if we're already dead, we can't pick a game. We're dying in a gutter. We got one game we can pick this weekend. Straight up, straight up your ass. (laughs) <laughs> who do you pick, Chris? I'm, I'm going to go with the 49ers over the Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to go there. You know, I do think the Jags are going to kind of make it annoying. I could see it being 17-13, you know, midway through the fourth, but the Niners put a drive away to make it 24-13. I just don't think you see the Jags winning. So that's why I'm going to go 49ers over Jags there. We know what the rule is around here, though. Anybody playing the Texans. And the Titans, the best team in the AFC right now, facing the Houston Texans, I will take the Titans. And, uh, I, 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 you know, yeah. my other choice would have been, what other one did I like? I like tonight. I like tonight. Yeah. But, but I don't like making those picks for tonight's know game. You, you know how I feel about that, but you did it anyway, so yeah. thanks for nothing. Suck it. Right. Eat it. What are you going to do tonight? Are you going to have fun thanks. or what? Uh well, yeah, I'm going to watch the game, so yes, I'm going to have I know. Fun. You're going to go straight gonna up or straight so, up your ass? What are you going to do, you drink I, or what? I, I, I'm working tomorrow, so oh, uh, I have to stinks for you. my activities within a certain boundary of reality. I'll Thanks send you a, a picture of my cigar. Thanks for some of your time. See ya. Stick it straight up your ass. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.